It's Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stall, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they're just going to have a limousine or just going out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar, we're at the fabulous Wayfair today on Ferret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue, where they have a four-hour happy hour here every day from 3 to 7. They have brunch on the weekends, and between 3 and 7, the bar food and the drinks here are half-priced, and during the week they're actually not that expensive mm-hmm. either. Highly recommended for you to come down or just stick around for the next hour and join us on Happy Hour. Happy Hour is brought to us today by Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or your other job search skills, whatever they might be, I don't even know what that would be, actually. <laughs> I guess calling people you know and say, I'm looking for a job. Give them a call at Strategic Resumes or look them up online. Travel Central and Metairie is a good place to start if you want to get away. Start your search by checking in with Travel Central and Metairie. It's kind of like a sort of kayak or Expedia, except it's a human being, and it's equally free. Basic Swim and Gym has a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. They're next to the lingerie store, Basics, underneath on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. Hangover Destroyer is the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Go to the hdestroyer.com website, write happy on the coupon code, and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And thanks to the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of arts, music, culture, and heritage. And talking of arts, music, culture, and heritage, look who's here. Andrew Duhon is back. Glad to be back, buddy. Good Which to see one you. do you fit into, arts, music, culture, or heritage? All of the above. I would say heritage. Oh, yeah? Why? I don't know. What does hmm. it even mean? I don't know. What does it mean? Lana Joseph is here from High Level Hearing. Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. What's your yeah. heritage? Uh, my heritage. Oh, my goodness. So much of it. Um, African-American, I've got uh, a little bit of uh, the West Bank in me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like where to go to high school around here, you know? How much? Yeah. I mean, that's what matters, right? How much West Bank do you have in you? I've got a lot of West Bank. A lot of West Bank. You're a West yeah. Banker. I'm a West Banker for life. Is that right? <laughs> okay. Now, talking of which, Arsene Delay is here, too. Hi, Arsene. Now, Arsene has been on the show twice in the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, by sheer so. coincidence. It who were you? He- who were you here with last time? I was here with Charlie Wooten. We are Charlie Wooten, the we fabulous bass player. On. That's right. Exactly. And now you're here under your own auspices. Yes. With a guitar. With my and guitar. Everything. So All this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. And Paul Spencer is here, who is a good, good person for you to know. Actually, Paul is the founder and director of the Maverick Music Festival in Britain. It's Britain's first and Greatest, finest, first, first and finest, first and finest like Americana say, music yeah. festival. Indeed. Well, welcome back. Well, it's great to be back. Two years, I think it's been since I sat in this seat. Has it really? Mm. How do you like the yeah. seat? The seat feels much the same. Yeah, pretty much the mm. same. So you've been. So Paul comes back and forth to the United States from England for years. You've been doing this. I have. Well, it's a good. You know, I book a lot of Americana music. So it gives me an excuse to travel around right. looking for bands. And, so you know. where have you been on this trip so far? I have been to Meridian, Mississippi. Now, there's a place to go. <laughs> Anyone know about Meridian and the Maxi, this fantastic new museum, Mississippi Arts Experience? <laughs> Does anybody know about it? No, it's unbelievable. No, it's, no. it's like a $50 million building that just opened three months ago. And um, what is it exactly? Celebrating Mississippi culture, so it's well, music. that should be a pretty small place. It's, uh, it's <laughs> got a couple, <laughs> couple of now, guitars. Now, now come on, 
it's no, it's Why celebrating celebrates music, all the all the usual, you know, blues, Muddy Waters, Sunhouse, Charlie Patton, all those guys, and then what, Oprah Winfrey, just J James Earl Jones. Uh, John Grisham, there's a whole thing on literature. You know, I don't want to mm. sound like I'm doing an advert for them because they're not giving me any money. But mm. uh, Are they giving I'm you some money for the festival? It. I'm <laughs> working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so they they will once they hear this show. That's right. Is it really $50 million? I don't know. I just pulled oh, you made that up? The <laughs> but it's a fantastic state. I kid you not, I've been to a lot of museums and, you know, galleries, whatever you want to call it. It's total state-of-the-art, interactive, wow. screens, touch. I mean, in, honestly, a really, truly incredible world-class place. Huh. And there was nobody there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were getting a private view. Actually, it just turned out there's no one going there. So where is this? This is in Meridian. Meridian, now, who, Meridian. And then, honestly, who knows where Meridian, Mississippi is? Uh, Sam, do you have an, any clue? I have a vague idea. Vague. Where vague. is it then? Vaguely. Somewhere, Somewhere in Mississippi. Not Bay St. Louis. <laughs> is it? But surely you do know. You know Nor I, north of Bay St. Louis. Have you been there? Funny South story. of Jackson. Um, I no. a long time ago I was driving and I swore to goodness that I was headed to Pensacola. Okay. And um, my mom and my sister they encouraged me to use the GPS and I oh. refused to use the GPS because I mean I, I knew where I was going. I've been to Pensacola many times. So we pull into a gas station and I'm like, we gotta be in Florida. Mm, nope, Meridian, Mississippi. Huh. How'd I know? Because I saw the cows, the chickens. <laughs> Asked the guy and so he said. What? We're in Meridian. Meridian. Okay, so where? So I don't know what it is. So where is it? <laughs> it's. If you get on the really I-10 to go to Pensacola, where do you get off? Wrong to go to Meridian. I know, right? I have no idea where we got off. Really I, we really did. I I will take I it. Pensacola I will take was it. I really I'd did. love to know what you. <laughs> yeah. Were you doing drugs Meridian with your mom and your sister at the time? Yeah, no. Yeah, you know. That is pretty hard. That's pretty hard to imagine. Okay, so do we know, Andrew? Have you been there? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, have you played there? No, but I'm sure I've been to the Waffle House there. I think I can picture it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it looks so different from the other one. Andrew will know, being a mu the consummate musician that he is, that that is the birthplace of Jimmy Rogers. I was going to say, isn't the Jimmy yeah. Rogers uh, uh, museum also there. the yeah. home of the Jimmy Rogers Museum? Yeah. Okay. Soon to be located, located, relocated yeah. to new premises. Oh, really? The Jimmy yeah. Rogers Museum. Yeah, they're going to okay. build, build a new wing. They to have this prime real museum. estate. They have a highway sign. You pass, and you know they have the exits, and then Jimmy Rogers Museum wow. has a sign. Okay, you know? so what did Jimmy Rogers do that we're supposed to know? He was a songwriter. What uh, did he write? Uh, he was kind of like. What a, did he do? He's he was like a father of country music. He's like Woody Guthrie, Williams. This is the. Guy that he's, came the Hank, he's like Hank Williams. In the, he's the far, he's but I can tell you some songs that Hank, Hank Williams did. There's a tear in my beer. Didn't he do well, that? You, you, what a Jim. What a <laughs> can you play that? <laughs> um, probably, Come on, get your guitar. Would mangle it. Okay. What know. about <laughs> what did Jimmy Rogers do? Uh, he did. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, that great mm. song you did. See, in fact. thank that, you very much. The, well, he did some railroad songs. You know, he he was doing all those. Railroad traveling songs before anybody was wrote, he the know. singing brakeman? He was the singing brakeman. Where him? did yeah. you get plucked back from? That was uh, pretty impressive. Because I have an encyclopedic knowledge of country brake music. Singing is who he was. Yeah, yeah, in the thirties. Yeah, died very young, but wrote a lot of seminal songs, which inspired a lot of other people. Which That's we can't remember the name of inspired one of them even. Even Sea Rock hasn't Can you help us? It doesn't matter. Okay. No, because anyway, he inspired Hank Williams and everybody. So why isn't he a part of? Because he didn't wear the nudie suit. You know, oh, everybody's got to be flashy to be known. Yeah. You know, that you can't just make art and be known. <laughs> but wasn't he, wasn't he around, he was around when there was heritage still, before, before country turned into mm. sort of a commercial. Okay. Wasn't okay. he? Wasn't I, he? Maybe it was, yeah. uh, maybe. 
or is it always just is everybody's uh, attention span just shit and did it always used to be I thought I it was know. the iPhone that invented this yeah yeah I think yeah. It up has life made our brains total shit. do you think Certainly. I've seen really has to changed. have gotten worse I think it's completely changed how we process information I mean mm-hmm. I still to this day I still know my you know grandmother's old phone number and what I is it? know my parents what's, if, what's your was, grandmother's phone number I'd like to call her up 504 Nine. 504-945-2361 we won't get her she is is she still with us no she's on the other side I wonder who's well I wonder <laughs> she took her phone with her um no, they I say you can't it take might, it with It might you, be one of my aunts, and they won't answer. I think you should write that song though with that number in it and say, oh, like you, you won't get her. She's on the other side." But then again, I've never tried something okay. about Whoa. the other side. Write it down. Look at that. You should, you okay. know, that could be a nice Look little tune. You know, like you know, good. it's like Jesus on the main line sort yeah. of song. Yeah. You know, yeah, know. It could be that. Why don't you guys write that now? We've still got forty or five minutes or more. We need to make a jingle out of that number. How long does? How Good. would it how would it go? Five oh four nine four five two three. I'll write it on the tablecloth. There you go. Five oh four nine four five two three six one. First of all, I'm What if you get some random person? Well, <laughs> You'll probably you get a relative yeah, of mine. Right. How long ago did she die? Um this was two thousand fifteen. So it was t- only three years ago. Yes. Hmm. What knocked her off? A- old age or um yeah, she was she was uh, ninety four and she 90. was I mean, she Nearly lived a beautiful grown, then. Yeah, really. she lived older a beautiful than life, yeah. and she was ready to go for a while. So wow! <laughs> and did she have a cell phone? Um, she did. Huh. Was it Android yeah, or Apple? Uh, probably Android. It was a flip. Flip phone. She had a flip phone. Mm. She liked yes. the flip phones. Yeah. Okay. Tried to get her iPhone. She's like, I want all that mess. What was her name, Grandma? Actually, uh, her name was Gloria Boutte. Gloria Aww. Boutte. Yes. Okay, Great so name. she's your mom's my mother's mother. mother. Yes. So you were part of the whole Boutte royal family of Guilty musicians. Guilty as charged. Right. Yes. But you don't get to call yourself Boutte because your name is Delay. Because my name is Delay. My, my mother married my right. my awesome father. And uh, was his name awesome? Is his, that why you called us? Awesome. Um, <laughs> awesome. No, I was actually named after uh, my grandmother's best friend. Her name was Arsène Duvenol, mm-hmm. and she lived ah, next sounds... door. Wow, that's um, cool. But my dad's, <laughs> he's going to kill me. Uh, my dad's name is James DeLay. He's awesome. Okay, well, yeah. that's a nice name. Total badass. That's a very, total badass. Mm-hmm. Is he in the music biz? He, um, he's actually a bass player. Huh. Okay. He plays bass at a uh, church in Mississippi on Sundays. Is it Meridian? Um, <laughs> it's not Meridian. <laughs> what, part, what part of Mississippi it's, is he in? Um, I, think, I think it's Bay St. Louis or um, Pascagoula, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. know where your dad lives? Are you serious? No, I know where he lives, but he uh, just drives to Mississippi. What's his phone number? We'll call him. I am not authorized to give out that information. Okay. <laughs> so he lives in Mississippi. No, 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 no. He, he just lives, goes to church. My parents live in Bayou Lacombe on the ba- North Shore. Where is that? Bayou Lacombe on the North Bayou Shore? Bayou Lacombe is the North okay, Shore. So you're from the North Shore? No. We're from the Seventh Ward. Okay. So they moved over there? Yes. What convinced them to do that? Because there's, we, they bought land when I was in high school there, and it's not in a floodplain. Now they're plane. trying to get away from you. And, uh, well, you know, we, we love each other very much, but it's really nice to have a little distance. <laughs> do they have like a farm over there or something? They basically. I mean, they, they could. My wow. dad likes to cut grass a lot. <laughs> I bought the blueberry bushes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> They're you, recently retired. Do you go over there much? Oh, all the time. You do? I do all the time because I was, I did, um, I haven't really been close in proximity to my parents since I was 18. And so 
after all of us finished all of our traveling, because they were in the military too. And once I left for college, I was all over the place. But, you know, it was only about four or five years ago that we all actually are in the same place. Wow. And so that, where did I you go? That. Where did you go after school? Um, I finished high school in Great Falls, Montana. High school. Montana. High school. Did they send you away to high school? Um, <laughs> no, no. We, my father was stationed at. Oh, a, oh, he was in the military. So yes. They, you ended so we up were. In? We went from. I moved to Germany when I was six, mm. and then we went to Montana. Hey, do you speak German? Um, Sprechen Kleindeutsch. Wow. <laughs> Paul Spencer speaks German as well. <laughs> I, I heard That's the counting. Really? You, <laughs> I can only count in German. You can count in German. That's the That's impressive, part, right though. there. So you still speak a bit of German, that's handy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Once in a while. I just don't let people know so that they can sit there and say stuff. Arsene, do you have a dog? I do have a dog. Well, they say that it's best to train dogs in German. Have you heard that? Um, actually, it's illegal <laughs> in certain states to do that. Wow. Oh, First wow. of all, yes. how do you know that? Um, how do I know that? Um, I watch a lot of documentaries. <laughs> I think well, that's Grant, Grant, she tried it. And then <laughs> you got arrested. No, no, no. Heavens no. No, I Lord knows I don't need to run into the cops any more than I already have. So. Have you been <laughs> in trouble with the law before? Sure, of course. Is that right? Mm-hmm. What did you do wrong? All the things. I'm not the right hue to stay out of there. Did you kill a guy? Huh? Did no, I, guy? I didn't kill anyone. Right. Okay. I, I did not kill anyone. Mm-hmm. What did you do, actually? Or nothing? I drove tired. Oh. Mm-hmm. I drove tired. What is it? They say driving while black. Mm -hmm. And driving, yes. I was driving while black and tired. DWB. And uh, (laughs) um, more of a driving while tired. And what did you do? Run off the road or something? Um, I was, well, I was weaving. That's all Mm -hmm. weaving. I've been pulled over for weaving, and I'm the white as anybody. Have you been pulled over for weaving? I was weaving. Uh, I had gone to dinner. You've been pulled over. I got lucky. I was weaving. I had gone to dinner with two friends. I had two drinks at dinner, and they pulled me. Were you over the? Um, no, I wasn't actually, but I was pulled over in Ventura County, Los Angeles, where mm-hmm. they can get you. This is how they, that's where Mothers Against Drunk Driving started. And oh. they will get you, I, they'll get you two ways. They'll get you for being over the legal limit, which is at 0.08, mm. while the national legal limit is 0.1, I think, or something. Yeah, a lot about the law. 0.08, I, I do. Um, or they can get you for having any kind of blood alcohol content so therefore if you've taken cough medicine or something because i oh, was wow. i was in driving school with people like mm. some lady was like i was sick i had i was on night quill and i went to walgreens to go grab some more medication and they pulled me over and hmm. so you ended up having to go to driving school oh man i had i spent the night in jail I um wow. Were oh you yeah in, like, like Oxnard or Camarillo Oxnard man <laughs> Oxnard that's <laughs> yeah, where this all happened worst. Um no it was it was on the the cops waited until I crossed the Los Angeles County line cuz I was in grad mm-hmm. school at the time and mm-hmm. I had bright red hair cuz I was doing <laughs> a show <laughs> What was show were you doing actually Um oh man what was it called it was were you at, were Night you? oh no oh, God, I can't remember yeah, um maybe. Were you acting or I was singing? I so was you're acting. an actress as well. Mm-hmm. So you're a triple threat. Pretty much. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So you're an actress, singer, and what's the third one? Um, Model. Um, oh, God, no. Isn't that the third no, one? No, I'm, I'm not thin enough or tall enough for that mess. Um, and, and I dance, too. 
Okay, that's the third one. You're a dancer. That's great. Lana, do you play play any musical instruments? I don't, but I'm married or at least getting married to a musician, a bass player. Well, it's not too late. It's not too late to get out of it. Yeah, I've tried. It's not working. I've got to stay in it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's a bass player like our son's dad, Mr. Wilson. Yeah, he's very, very talented. Where does he play? He's been playing for years. Um, Actually, right now at a church here in the city, um, Greater St. Stephen's. Wow, yeah, it's a similar story awesome. to, to your dad, isn't it? Yeah, Plays yeah. bass in the church. Yeah, you know that's where all that's of the music really starts. Yeah, uh-huh. it is true. Uh-huh. Right there it's amazing the, qual- <laughs> the quality of musicianship yeah. here. I don't know if that's true yeah. in every city in America, but I don't think so. Here, no, it's, it's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, agreed. You can't believe when you see. I just see them at jazz fest. I don't go to church, but yeah. you see all these people in the gospel teams at jazz fest. You can't believe they're going to get off stage and go back to work. <laughs> they're like, it's yeah. amazing to see yeah. every year yeah. it's the yeah. same thing yeah. and does he make a living out of doing that or does he have he a job he does he does and he also has a job he's a workaholic similar to me um, so so yeah he, he makes a living right. a good living too off of it he does mm-hmm. you can yeah. make money playing the bass you can, you can make money playing the bass at here. a church that here can pay you can it make money playing music what's your yeah. work of choice as a, as a workaholic yourself <laughs> I'm a, I'm a doctor of audiology, so I'm an audiologist, and I own High Level Speech and Hearing Center. So I spend most of my time there. <laughs> audiologist. It was a choice, though. It was definitely a choice, is, and I love uh, it. Is, is that, uh, tell me more about that, audiology. I'm not familiar. Oh, you should be because you're a musician. Tell, oh, is it, is it a, just about hearing? Are it we is. talking about hearing it's loss hearing and these doctor. sorts of things? Yeah, hearing okay. doctor, hearing specialist. Got it. it. Audiology. Yeah. Audiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very important. They're very important. Totally. If so you don't how need one now? You will. In the oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna need yeah. one. Yeah. What What should you do if you're a musician to protect your hearing? Actually. So um, there are custom plugs that I actually do make for musicians, and mm-hmm. they have filters inside of them. And a lot of musicians just don't know that they exist, and they're mm-hmm. really helpful to protect the ears. And you need your hearing as a musician. So you That's can, your living. You can still. You can stick it in your you ear and still, still hear. hear. That's right. You hear your music. Does so your husband wear those? He does. He does. Yes, he better. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It's too, it's too late for me. How's your, oh, your, no. Andrew, your hearing is really good, actually. Well, I, I don't play in... I play fairly low volume, you know, relatively yeah. speaking. But when it gets loud, like I'll go to a show. That's where mm-hmm. I notice it gets loud. And right. I, if I don't have anything, if I'm unprepared, and I usually have a couple in my key thing yeah but if i got yeah. nothing i'll go in the bathroom and stuff my ears with uh toilet paper <laughs> yeah, which i learned from the drum work if it's nothing no. else don't you think it's like no. a little bit uh, i do that no. too well. and i think it works i mean it, it's at least <laughs> like where, where's that coming it's from? at least Andrew, less painful but what you're saying is it doesn't work no. Lena. it's a waste of time doing it's that. a waste of time to do that just get you some nice plugs that you can put in your ears i do need to give me some nice plugs. why does the toilet paper not work it's just because it's not made for that. The toilet paper doesn't have any type of components that protects your ears. It's, I mean, there's what if holes you stuck inside your, of toilet What if you paper. stuck your fingers in? But if we just, like, Vaseline them up, that better. would work. Fingers will work better than toilet paper. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And also, what if it gets stuck? I've taken paper out of people's ears all the time. Is that right? <laughs> People paper come to the doctor with paper in their ears. All kinds of stuff, yeah. What Beads. Really? All kinds, of, all kinds of stuff. How do you get it Erasers, out? Erasers. My utensils. I have utensils. You have a like special utensil mm-hmm. for taking <laughs> stuff yeah. out of people's ears? Yeah. I'm taking, yeah. Do you keep the stuff and you have a collection of stuff you got? I, out of I thought about that, actually. That would be really cool. A museum. Yeah. Like that would be an awesome museum. museum. Glass jars. 
Yeah, yeah. Fifty thousand, fifty million dollars later. I, you know, hey, yeah. retirement plan. The door, the door to the museum should be a giant ear, and you walk into the uh, ear. That would be awesome. Ah, good thinking. That should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen, we. I said you want to play something, and then I want to come back and ask you a very important question, Paul. I look forward to that. Okay, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not even kidding. It is very important. Okay, I said. So, do you want me to grab anything for you? Oh, you got it right here. Right here. Okay, we're get so live music. Wow. Yeah, yeah we have live. Look at this. Um, nice looking guitar. Whatever happened to the guy that played the piano? Who, you know, your friend. Mitch Foreman. Mitch. He yeah, still plays our theme. He's in Los Angeles at the moment. He is. He's still going. Mitch. We have a special uh, mic here. Yeah, uh, talk amongst yourselves. Make sure okay. Oh, eyes are on you now. I know. Stop. Don't, don't Are you nervous? Me. I know it's a very difficult oh, well, place to play. Don't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any requests? I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, it's a tuner. You don't have the thing. I, the I snark. The snark. I do have a snark, but I need a bat- new battery. And I've been... So this works off your phone. Yeah. Well, you know. I wish I had. So the, the, you're talking about how this <laughs> new revolution in communication is ruining our brain, but it's saving your life here. Oh, it's totally. It's it's a two-edged sword. It opens know? up a lot of doors, Grant. But mm, behind those doors, some of those doors, you know. Yeah. Do you know that everybody used to be able to just tune a guitar without these things at some yeah, point? Didn't but, they? But. I would, but I can't do it when my nerves are bad. <laughs> That's nerves right. are shot to hell. Look at your tattoo. Can't do it. What is this tattoo on your arm? Which one? This one. Oh, you've got this a whole bunch is, of them. What's that one? This one's my first record, actually. Oh, wow. It's co- it was uh, called Coming Home, and it was my um, journey moving back uh, to New Orleans from Los Angeles. Uh, this is the Crescent City, uh-huh. Los Angeles, and the journey through the chaos to get back here. Wow. What year did you come back? Um... Unofficially 2011, officially 2012. You made a sketch in 2011 for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to remember the year? No, I remember it. Okay. There. That's cool. That looks like it's an extremely painful place to get a tattoo. Uh, it's not the worst. Not the worst. It's What's the, the worst, worst one? Uh, like the, doing something right here, which I haven't done. On the so, on your side. Or like the back here was really painful. Oh, wow. Like I think a more painful place. This one was super. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The the back of my arm was super painful. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, well, there's a lot of stuff on there. That is, arm there, there is. There's a lot this, of ink there. This is actually a tribute to my grandmother. Mm. Um, is there a phone number on there? Because I can ink there that. There is in. not well. a phone number. On there. Is this, that Gloria? This is Gloria. No kidding. Um, she always wanted to be a New Orleans baby doll growing up. All but right. the year that she turned 18 was the year that the war started, and they canceled Mardi Gras that year. Damn. So she never was able to be, to a, be baby a baby doll. doll. So when she passed, wow. I called my girlfriends who are baby dolls, and they led the casket That's from beautiful. the wow. church. Yeah. Wow. That's really nice. Processing through the streets. Tell Paul. So. Paul's a Brit. Paul doesn't know doesn't about know baby dolls. Yeah. Doll. So about baby the dolls. New Orleans baby doll tradition, it's specifically um, black, um, black women in the Storyville district, which was the red light district sure. of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. On Mardi Gras Day, they would dress as baby dolls because baby dolls were considered precious. Mm-hmm. And so they would dress themselves as baby dolls because they knew they had value, even though... In our society, they were at the very bottom of the totem pole. I mean, long story short, to, to wow. kind of sum it up in a very 
small soundbite. There's so much more to it, but it's the baby dolls. Is it's the untold story of of um, of feminism through the black perspective. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Some info. And so, and oddly enough, I was actually asked to become a Black Storyville baby doll on her birthday. I got the phone call. So you're in. So I'm in. I am also, I am also, I am too a baby doll. You got the call. I guarantee you, you got the call from upstairs. And you know, if you retrace that number, it would be. Bam. Four, five, two, three, Mm -hmm. six, one. Bam. Grandma. Mm -hmm. What did you, what did you call her? Mama. Mama. Mm-hmm. That's nice. M-A-M-A? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see if she answers. Hey, um, <laughs> was she a music, musician? No. <laughs> no, so, she... So what's the deal with the baby dolls? What do you have to do? Is there rehearsal and commitment? Um, <laughs> or you just show up there on Mardi Gras Day? There is commitments. Um, we do make our own... We, we make all of our own costumes, or we get them made. I personally have a degree in costume. That was my undergraduate degree. was in costume design. Wow. So oh, I make my own more. stuff. Handy skill. <laughs> so I make my own stuff because I'm real picky about that kind of thing. <laughs> so can you make it? You can wear anything. It's not a uniform. Um, we have guidelines. Like we right. try to um, every year we kind of go and do our our outfits are based off of like honoring someone or something okay. like it, from from that past. So whether it was a performer, it's looking at one of those old photos and constructing something that is similar so to So how that. many gangs or whatever the word is of baby dolls are there? Is there just one? No, no, no. There There's to be tons so we of have around. just like uh, just like the Mardi Gras Indians have different right. tribes, we have different cribs. 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 We have cribs, yes. Sick. Okay, that's we have funny. different cribs. Okay, there's, I have to write that down. There's a bunch of them just there's there's downtown cribs, there's uptown cribs. And what so, are you? I am a downtown crib. Downtown crib. Yeah, we are seventh ward all the way. Mm. Do you know anything about this land coming from the West Bank? They? You know, we don't have baby dolls on the West Bank, but I do have a friend of our family who he himself um, wished he could become a baby doll. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting question you know, now. So I learned all about it from him not too long ago. Wow. This is not your fiancé you're talking It's about. not my fiancé. He's too big to be a baby doll. I don't think it'll work. What's up with this sort of gender, <laughs> gender fluid baby doll situation there? Oh, and it, it, it can definitely mm-hmm. be. You can be a... It can a, absolutely... It can absolutely... It historically... Can you be white and a guy? Probably not. That would be pushing it no, a little bit too far. Okay, well, that's my dream. Of <laughs> that would be pushing it a bit. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I said I'm going to make you play something. What are you going to play? Okay. Um... I will play. Um, this is a fairly new tune, uh-huh. and uh, it's about a breakup. How about that? A breakup. Okay. About a breakup. Yeah. All right. Mm. All right. Fair and fool, so 
say he still has some residual anger there about, about oh, that guy. What are you talking about? What do you about? think? <laughs> Paul, what do you think of that as a professional music booker? Yeah, I thought she was great. Yeah, lovely voice. Man, man what lot a of voice. A lot of passion. Thank you. Right? What do you think, Lena? Definitely. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Thank that you. Is I appreciate it. Super powerful. <laughs> do you still feel something when you sing a song like that, or is it just a song? Mm. Well, no, I mean, no, no, no. Um, I think um, one of the things that I took with me from my acting training is to always try to live truthfully in an imaginary circumstance. And when I wrote, ah. when I wrote that, it was, it took me a long time to write it, to write it, <laughs> to write it right. because I really had to figure out how I felt about it. It was like, it wasn't a bad thing, but it was also painful. So how, you know, how do I convey that? But every song that I sing, I try to be truthful to because I know that there's somebody out there who's going through it and it could serve as medicine for them. Hmm. I thought you sounded hmm. angry, didn't you think? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't say. You wouldn't say angry? <laughs> Lena, did you pick up any anger or is it just I me? thought it was so passionate. Passionate, I, I just, perhaps I'm confusing it. passionate. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. So Paul, how do you go about deciding who to book for a show like this? Well. Is it all on you? It's all on me. I mean, I'm very sport because we've been having, run, festivals have been running for 12 years and so I get a lot of people submit stuff to me right and then i have the great joy of uh you know listening <laughs> to everything them. and oh. re yeah well i do yeah i mean there's a there's rejection but there's uh acceptance so you, you spend know. most of the day listening to music i do it's a pretty good job isn't it are you serious for real i do yeah yeah well now the you wow. know all the infrastructure all the all the practical stuff pretty much takes care of itself right you've done all the sort of yep. spade work yeah and so it's just a great you know creative journey you so know, really, yeah. do you really get up in the morning and then go to the office or, and l listen to music? Well, I've been doing it on this trip. You know, I've had probably, let's see, we've festival um, runs over the 4th July weekend. So we're, where are we now? September, um, eight, nine months away from next year's festival. And I'm already getting every day probably two or three. Right. Let's not exaggerate. You know, two or right. three submissions every day. Mm. And I've been getting submissions while I've been here. I've been listening. I've already actually found a band that I really liked and uh, here, yeah yeah I mean not here in, in New Orleans Who but, did you, oh, in Meridian? But, a, but a band that uh, <laughs> no they're not even in Meridian no no they're in the UK actually because ah. there's a lot of great UK bands playing Americana style music the thing is when we started Maverick in 2008 Americana wasn't really a genre you know it wasn't recognized as a genre and um, what was here? it was kind of alt country it was yeah, which didn't mean anything. It had, and the word country just didn't go down well with people in the UK. It had a lot of sort of negative connotations. Mm. Um, so, uh, but in the last three or four years, Americana's sort of bec become, you know, much more established as a genre. Why is that? So it's a lot easier. Well, you know, I'd like to think it's because we pioneered the music. Yeah. We certainly played a part in it, in that. And um, cool. I, about three years ago, I started with a couple of agents. We started the Americana Music Association UK, which is the sort of UK, official UK 
branch of the Nashville um, AMA. And so, uh, and the people that run that now have got just taken, I mean, we, we know we have an award show every year. We had Van Morrison got an award. Like, no, actually, Robert Plant got the award, Lifetime Achievement Award this year. Van did Morrison he, got he it, and he shows up. Well, that's a testament well, to how seriously cool. we're being taken yeah. as a genre. We can get Van Morrison. Richard Thompson played this oh year at the, at the award show. I mean, you know, this year being February. Yeah. Made this up out of thin air. Yeah, basically. yeah, we, we basically cut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's you know, impressive. well, the great musicians. Listen, there's a lot of great musicians out there. A lot of great talent. So that's sort of the easy part. The hard part is bringing, finding the audience, and then bringing right. it, bringing it to the audience. And you I know. see. You, can you go and stay like in a tent or something at the festival? Oh, at my show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have pre. Well, do you have that glamping here? Does that mean anything? Yep. That word? Glamping. You know? okay. Glamping. Glamping. Glamorous camping. Glamorous yeah. camping. Glamour I mean, it's still not. I mean, it's not my idea of glamour, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> hey, it sounds good. But we have, yeah, we have pre-erected bell tents and teepees. For, for the faint-hearted who, who don't want to pitch their own tent. You can stay to. in a teepee? Yeah, you can stay in a teepee. Where would you get a teepee from? In well, we have... We just, can you God, stay I mean, in a yurt? And a yurt. We don't do yurt. yurt. Good Thomas. point. I do get approached by... Uh, the yurt <laughs> the, the, the yurters, or whatever they're called. But no, we try and keep it... Ameri you know, I'm very keen on keeping uh -huh. it with an American as much as an American I don't think there are any Americans listening to this who have been into a teepee. Well, Except perhaps some time. little kids playing cowboys and Indians. Yeah, maybe that's a You've bit of a stereotype. Yeah. You know what? That sounds like a, a kind of um, institutional racism, really, doesn't yeah, it? it? I doesn't think it? we uh, should lose yeah. the teepees. All right, I'm going to renounce it now. On yeah, the show. next year we will get we will do away. Unless with you the have teepees. Native Americans there. Who, well, you know. I, we have had in the past. I've I've tried to that. Can you imagine in England trying to find authentic? I mean, that's always the thing for us is all about authenticity. So if I can't, you know, I've never had a Zydeco band. I've never had a Cajun band. Why and not? Because I can't get the real deal. I mean, there are people in Anybody Europe. Anybody in Lafayette there are will people, go. Well, they, I tried to bring, well, you know, I was out with, last year I was out with, the, met the guys at the Lafayette Tourism, or Ben Berthelot right, right, right. Uh, in Lafayette, and we talked about trying to bring the Lost Bayou Ramblers. Um, and we made a deal and all this. It was a little bit of a sore point because we made a deal with them to come and it was really exciting, you know, because they're young and they're also authentic. So there mm. was the, the double whammy of, because, you know, I'm trying to win over a new young audience as well, mm. not right, just right. great, you know. So, um, and we had a deal made. They were gonna, apparently going to do another festival as well. And it was all looking really good. And then the Grammys came up and they won oh. the Grammy. Oh, wow. And then the whole thing just... And I don't know whether those things were connected, but it all sort of fell apart. Ah. So it was, a, mm. it was a really, really harsh. But that happens to me all the time. To be fair, I start booking yeah, sure. bands. I book bands. They drop out, you well, know. I mean, and different things. I always treat it as a an opportunity. You know, you mm. you just have to get, go with it. Some yeah. people can, you know. And some, suddenly something great will come. Last minute, there'll be a band sure. that are coming through the UK, yeah. and I make space for them. You know. That's right. When you make that leap across the pond, you're you're looking hard for everything and anything. But before you make that leap, and you book the show, but maybe you don't realize what it takes to make that leap. You yeah. know. Yeah, and um, I'm sympathetic to that. Sure. You know, and I know that I've already made offers to a couple of bands now that I know that the, whether that turns into reality will depend on them getting a bunch of other shows. Yeah. Right. And my show's a good one for them to hang it on and say, oh, mm -hmm. we've got the Maverick Festival, mm -hmm. if we can get some other shows. Mm -hmm. But, you know, inevitably some will make it to the, to the final mm -hmm. wire and others won't. And Andrew, of course, has made it over a couple of times. Yeah. And this is all down to Grant. I just want to be a big thank you and shout out to Grant because no how I met Andrew,
Andrew was through Grant just on a casual exchange of emails um, and uh, mentioning that he had a friend who was in the UK who was just coming, I think maybe for the first time and mm -hmm. looking for shows. And I was able, had the good fortune to put Andrew on at a very small venue that I was running at the time. And he was great. And then from that, we built a relationship. He came back to the festival and, and my, one of my daughters fell, you know, really fell. <laughs> the rest? Made a close, <laughs> a close friendship with Andrew, which is, so, so I've been Andrew. encouraged now to keep bringing Andrew back. When's Andrew coming back, Dad? <laughs> When's Andrew how, coming back? How old yeah, is yeah, your, right. how old she, is your daughter? She's 20. Oh, okay, she's so it's totally legal. It's totally legal. All right. What's in, what's great is is she's a, a musician herself, and um, and you get asked by friends and colleagues who are musicians to play. You you know you want to play songs together. You want to collaborate, right? We have sure. we want to collaborate with people. Can I finish this song today? But, but um, you know, uh, but to collaborate in a festival setting without rehearsals or never having done it, that's a little strange. You're supposed to go you know play some songs in rocking chairs on the front porch or something. You're not supposed to play in a festival setting for the first time. That's what happens. But Ella was adamant that she knew these songs and... Because and she's a fan of yours because she's listened to your record? Yep. And, uh, and you wow. know what? Well, you, you know, and also I feel very safe at the festival. I had been there before and, and Paul is a friend. And so it's familiar. Yeah, it was easy. It was easy to make that call to just have somebody I'd never played with. But she was great. She knocked it out of the park, you know? Oh, wow. And I just wow. saw from that brochure that she's playing her own set Yeah, these yeah, days. she did her own set That's this awesome. year with a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so killer. Wow. It's all good. No, is she a musician, your daughter? She oh. is. She just started college and she's doing English and international relations. But her, she is a yeah consummate. You know, she's a classically trained piano player, oh, wow. viola player, singer, wow. and um, does so she make her own baby doll outfits? She uh, would look. <laughs> I think this. I, I don't think I have the right. When you say those the baby doll, that's <laughs> images that come into my mind are probably not the different. Hmm. Yeah, you're thinking of some sort of weird. Maybe it's sex a British type. thing. It's you know? a British yeah. baby doll. <laughs> it is. Hey Andrew, yeah. you want to play something while we're talking of music? I'll try to play a song. Just give me a second. I'll okay, we will. And then after Paul, after we come back from this song, I have a very serious question to ask. Oh, can't wait. And I really, <laughs> I really mean it. The tension. I really mean it. <laughs> Lena, how do we get our hearing checked? Seriously. Yeah, we have an How office. Do you do it? Um, Where is it? Well, our, our office is right here uptown, um, 4219 Magnolia Street, right here in the city. Um, you guys can come over and just schedule an appointment or just pop in. So what do you do? There. You put on headphones like this and then... Similar. You hear yeah. beeping. I went to one years ago yes. where they do beeping sounds. You have to, like, click something every time yes. you hear it. You have to click the responder yeah. every time that you hear the yeah. beep. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, I got like a clean bill of health and they said my hearing was fine. And yet, look where my headphone thing is set compared to everybody else. Yeah, well, that was years ago. It's something yes, you should do every was. year. Every year. Every year. Like, like the dentist. Is it, is it like eyesight then? It's exactly so it, like So it's sort of, yes. you, you start to lose the that's right, frequencies gradually. or the, yeah. That's yeah, right. but that's a good yeah. point because the difference is people don't mind wearing glasses, but I really don't want to get hearing aids. Right, but they've become more invisible nowadays. So it's not something that you can really see behind the ears. Yes, you can. As much. Uh, you see that thing <laughs> wire sticking out of someone's yeah, but ear come on, but, but what about the people that work, the guys that have a head I mean I know Jack has a little thing you know mm -hmm. he's got his, like the Bluetooth his phone devices. he's always got his Bluetooth yeah. you could just thing. have that so nobody, nobody knows whether it's a hearing aid whether it's oh, yeah. a little Bluetooth oh, let's good. hide it in plain sight yeah. this is a good idea oh, you know everybody thing, wears yeah. Bluetooth headphones these days you mm -hmm. can just yeah. make those amplifiers of the sound yeah. around you and then you're just the hip mm -hmm. kid who always wears his over 
oversized headphones. Beats headphones. Right. Yeah, that's actually right. Beats headphones. Headphones. Exactly. Hey, are we all going deaf from wearing these headphones constantly? I think that research will so show us something different later on in life. So Meaning um, hearing loss occurs gradually, which means that when um, I'll say that younger generation gets to be about 60, that's when we'll really see. Okay. They'll tell the tale. So everybody's sticking these earbuds in their ears. Yeah. We're screwing ourselves for the future. Long term. For, for yes. real. Yes. It's good for you, actually. It's great for me. Very lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> you can hold on to all these kids turn 60. Business is booming. Well, it's Business actually not that far mm-hmm. away. Now. It's not. It's not. So mm. I would encourage everyone to continue using How your How much does it cost to get a hearing test? Oh, it's is most it insurances. Most insurances insurance cover covers it. it. Yeah. Okay. And um, we'll go around the city at community events providing free hearing screenings all the time. Let's you go after the show. Mm. Yeah. You're probably on Medicaid. Yeah, you guys should. <laughs> I don't even really yeah. know. I'm English. Have, I'm English, so I get, you know, we get free you health care. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, but isn't that what happens when you get to your age? Doesn't the I think Medicare. 65 you get to Medicare, right? Does it cover everything? Medicare? Not hearing aids. Not hearing aids. That's something that most mm. people don't know. You don't need to hear nothing. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're saying. That's what, that's what they're does saying. Does it cover got? It doesn't cover hear. I mean, Medicaid doesn't cover glasses either. Medicaid it, will cover that for children. Medicare oh. is what adults. When you get to sixty. That's right. Five, but that's that doesn't right. cover glasses or me, dental or anything, does it? Uh, not. Or, I have no, no idea. No. Dental's a luxury in these parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Andrew, yeah. what about it? Well, I'll play a new song. Okay. Uh, started it a while ago after getting back from a camping trip uh, in Colorado. Uh, you know, you'll get it. It goes like this. Come down from the mountain, down from my time out in the woods, down from the mountain where the cool, clear water and that wild wind done me good. I've come down from the mountain, down that switchback road. From the mountain where I'd never seen so many stars aglow. I've come down from the mountain. I am back on Central Time where I'm slaved all my words. I am slave to my deadlines and I begin to wonder why. I begin to wonder why. in my mind right in the middle of nowhere It ain't clear if it's up ahead or somewhere I left behind All I know 
was I ain't quite ready to go there Oh, but I wonder why Don't make you wonder why Oh, to this day I wonder why I've come down from the mountain I got a story to tell I come down from the mountain With this song I've been singing to myself That's the real thing right there. Hey, thanks, y'all. Yes, Andrew. I've been sitting here watching you do this. This is our eighth year, you know, of doing this, or no seventh shit. year or something, yes. Of, of happy hour or yeah. since we've been doing it? Yes, this? like seven years since we've been, since wow. we started this yeah. together. And I've sat here, <laughs> it was before I was on Medicaid. I sat here, I've sat here and watched you play all those times, like, you know, every week or every few weeks when you're, when you're, not, when you're in when, town. Yeah. Your guitar playing has improved. Million. Followers. I like to think I'm getting better. Yeah. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> well, I don't know. Are we? I don't know if the show's got. Oh, Andrew, you. That's true. That's Andrew true. is a fine guitar player. Yeah. Uh, he because I remember when the first time I think he played the festival, there was an Australian. Oh. Yeah. And you're from New Zealand, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. You probably won't know. <laughs> anyway, Australian young woman. I can't remember her name. Cara Granger. Cara Granger. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like a Bonnie Raitt type. Yeah. Really, really superb. Yeah. And Andrew, this was the great thing about the festival. There's always room for those kind of collaborations and, you know, um, people j jumping in and they feel that confidence in, you know, the audience is very supportive of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Andrew played with Cara and that was, and that was like, just came out of nowhere. Suddenly Andrew was, obviously they discussed. It. You know, he didn't just jump up on the stage right. and start playing, but you played mouth, you played mouth organ and guitar mm -hmm. and sang with her, and that was uh, great. Now, Andrew is Andrew's a, a fine guitar player. He's the real yeah, deal. Yeah. Well, the, real deal. the interesting thing was that first show that I played uh, uh, at the White Horse Pub in your hometown, I was opening for Kyra Granger. And oh my God! You know, I forgot that. Yeah, that's, that, absolutely that's how true. She had that connected. awful guy with her. <laughs> she had this boyfriend. This like real. She did. She had this real. Oh, yeah. She she did this little show as a duo. Then that's right. And she yeah. had this really good looking, like this really good looking <laughs> cocky guy that played a bit of guitar with her, but. Um, she had to, uh, yes, and he, uh, yeah, and there was obviously a lot of tension between them. And I think Andrew sort of coming into the mix even then, that didn't was, help. didn't help. <laughs> and I remember he sat outside in his car, didn't he? he? He went and sat outside in the car and listened to stereo or something while, while Andrew was playing his, oh, his, yeah. his set. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and they broke up soon after that. Uh, I'm not true. surprised to hear <laughs> that. Yeah, and then she came best. back. That's right. And then yeah. she, a couple of years later, or So we should look her up. What's her yeah, name? Yeah, Cara Granger. <laughs> really Cara fabulous. Granger. Yeah, yeah. Look oh, at this okay. ant. That's the she, first ant we've had on the show. Actually, you know what's funny is she just made a record uh, produced by Anders Osborne. Cara did. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah, she that is. That is a super weird coincidence. In fact, is she, it? well, I mean, I'm Anders an and I down. had met before, but never really uh, hung or anything. And Cara came to town and she said, hey, I'm 
making a record with Anders Osborne. What do you think about that? And I said, you made a great choice. He's, you know, the best, yeah. you know, musical songwriter kind of guy I could think of in town. And she said, cool, we're, we're writing a song today. You want to come over? And I said, yeah. So we got to write some songs for Cara's wow. record. And, and, uh, yeah, cool. and actually, See, isn't the, that cool? That all came from that phone. Yeah. Oh, you letting me know that Andrew only plays at the White yeah. Hall. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, How does she find Anders, though? What's the hook up there? Actually, they're both playing through the same kind of amp. They're being sponsored by the same uh, uh, amp company. So she was uh, pointed in his direction by the amp company, I think. Wow. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Well, if you look her up. Is it yeah, out? She's is great. the record out? Yeah, it is. Cara she's great. Granger. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Spess, here's the question I wanted to ask yes, you. Sir. Five minutes. Okay, perfect. Way to end the whole show then. <laughs> okay, so here's what I've been thinking. You've, you lived in Los Angeles. Yep, that's the, where we met. In, in the fact. 90s. Yep. The 1990s. Yep. yep, that's how you and I met each other. You've lived in England for now for how many years? Yeah, it's about 15, 16 I've been back there. Yeah. For 15 or 16 Well, years. I was living, I lived in LA from 91 to 2002, okay. didn't I? Yeah. So, so that's like 16. So I've been back in the UK for 16 years. Okay, so now you've come back here. Yeah. So you have a, you're a person who has a really good understanding of what American life is like because you lived here for a long time. And, gonna they, get and now you've been gonna gone get for a long now. time. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed? Because living here, everybody's basically, as of today, this day and tomorrow, we all kind of feel like we're at the sort of turning point here, that there's some kind of a, a tipping point of, of idiocy, really, that's built up in Washington yep. that has got to change. And, that and you think the I, midterms or this thing know. on I Thursday... Mean, do you, the, what are you sensing? Well, uh, yeah, well, obviously, we watch it with fascination and horror, <laughs> as I'm sure you... you know, And right-thinking Americans um, must do as well. And listening to Trump's speech to the UN yesterday, where, he, where people were laughing. I mean, he really doesn't... Um, have any empathy it's terrifying to think you know but he is the I think I listened to Carl Bernstein on CNN and he put it very eloquently he said Trump is not the president of the USA you know the United States he's the president of his base and that's really I think sums it up and until there's enough you know uh, to tip the scales back the other way which you know, which there will be at some point um, you know it's it's havoc I don't know what I so, don't know what to so say. So it looks like the same. You get the same sense living outside the United States. We get in here that this is just a sort of a horror show. It's a horror show, and what's really depressing, I think, is how and it's sort of beginning to happen in England as well. People, this there's no middle ground. You know, there's the, everyone's right. polarized. And then you were talking about technology earlier on. Technology, you know, and how it or the smartphones and how it dumps people's brains. I mean, what it has done is this thing about the echo chamber where we all just listen. And I do it. You know, I read The Guardian. I've read it today. I read. I just reinforce Mm -hmm. my own take on things. I constantly reinforce my own take on things. Um, You know, so it's very polarizing. There doesn't seem to be middle ground, and we're sort of going through that in England as well to some extent over Brexit. You know, it's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, as somebody actually American friend said, Brexit at least, um, you know, at least with Trump, you guys will get rid of him eventually. Whereas Mm -hmm. Brexit, for us in some ways, is even more far-reaching in its consequences Mm. and its potential for for really, you know, disrupting and, you know, the isolation and. um, the nationalist ideas that are sweeping Europe, you know, the far right and so on. It's, it's Are there lots worrying. of people in Britain who believe that Brexit is going to be better for everybody still? Or are they now that they've got it? Are well, they you know, who, you know it, the trouble is people, it's, it's been proven, hasn't it? Psycholog- psychologists sort of analyze this idea that even in the face of facts, 
people find it very hard to switch their ideas once yeah. they've married themselves to an right. idea and it's all part of something to do you know there's there's real chemical reasons the for cognitive that. dissidence yeah yes. that they just can't even when the facts are presented they can't shift position yeah that's the scary thing and that's a little bit what is happening with brexit because i think it just constantly there's no good news out of Brexit. there's never been anything that comes out where in the news where people go wow that's one of the upsides wow look at that wow we're going to be able to do this it's all about oh we won't be able to do this and we won't be able to do that and you know farmers are now saying that if we don't have a deal there'll be six months where they can't export any of their any farm produce to to europe i mean it's so what is the underlying benefit that, that was everybody voted in well, favor was, of it it's for, all other than it's just all, nationalism it's it's, 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 it's immigration is the mm-hmm. big okay. thing that was and the that's main sort thing. of the elephant in the room really it's all about immigration and it's that idea that you know if our health service is under strain which it is for all sorts of complicated reasons um, that the immigrant hilarious. thing becomes an easy way to uh, to that's hang that's an easy scapegoat it's an easy scapegoat mm-hmm. and that's history but isn't this is it? a country Every, that know, that colonized hundreds of countries around the world. Yeah. Until very recently, New Zealand including. Uh, well, indeed, but now suddenly we're close. You know, we, we, it, it's, it's the scapegoat thing. That's, that's all you can say. People were told, and the irony is that the immigration issue, the idea of the sort of multiculturalism, I mean, the, the ship sailed on that a long time ago, or right. whatever the right you know, analogy is. There's no going back from that. Right, right. So it's kind of pointless to be, you know... Is it sort of harkening back to make Britain great again like definitely I was thinking about the hat I thought wouldn't it be great to have a make make Britain great again hat (laughs) so we get that and then you guys have the make America great we have the make Britain great is it like a driver's cap you know yeah like a golf cap we have have a baseball you have the baseball they have the golfers we'd have a sort of yeah Mm -hmm. a golf cap (laughs) I don't know no it's pretty it's pretty depressing just make it a helmet yeah well, <laughs> music, music, music can make it all right, though, can't it? You know what? You know, it's you the know international it a helmet, language. I'll tell you what. You know where, what? I was uh, a few weeks ago. I was in Israel, and uh, things over there are as fraught and complicated as they could ever be. Well, as they've ever been anywhere ever. Uh, but I went to a festival where uh, a rabbi and uh, an Arab rapper were shoulder and shoulder, uh, you know, arm in arm, singing this. You know, Jewish standard song. I didn't know, but just as yeah, music without a doubt is is conquering uh, or, or transcending that situation. Uh, and there's a co- there's a, a choir. Uh, a gentleman from New York has started in Israel uh, to get Palestinians and Jews to come together and sing, but specifically to talk to each other before they sing. And this wow. is cultivating people coming together to transcend it with art with music it's absolutely true that 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 is effective you know yeah but i tell you what i mean obviously the other thing i i have to bring up because mm. i'm sitting here as a white englishman right two african-american ladies we're sitting around the table the other place i went to um on my trip after meridian was montgomery mm. and i went to the visited the new legacy civil rights monument mm-hmm. which is absolutely incredible yeah. i mean it's the most powerful i mean i've been to the holocaust um uh, in museum, museum in, in yeah that's, that's and i've been to something. berlin to the holocaust memorial which oh. this is sort of similar to this is an extremely powerful incredibly well presented you know i mean and obviously i'm i'm slightly i you know i'm not american so 
you know, I come at it with from a d different perspective. But uh, I found that hugely moving, really incredible. And that's really the big, um, never mind the politics type of thing. It's th This is still the big issue as an outsider that mm -hmm. America's struggling with its, mm -hmm. you know, racial... Um, Absolutely, uh, it's, it's the thing that was intrinsic, never dealt with. It's not dealt with, and I think these kind of monuments, and I even noticed on the in the French Quarter, and I don't know whether it was there, but they, you know, there's a there's a big plaque up on Jackson Square about the slave ships, and I don't it's think it's about uh, the mafia, and I think that's yeah. quite new. I don't think that certainly when I came to New Orleans back in the 90s, I used to come. That I think there's more of, you know what I mean? There's that was recently dedicated in July. Actually, was it? Yes. Oh, there you go. Oh, mm -hmm. good. Well, I, yeah. So I, I I thought that was new, and I think that kind of coming to terms with that in a real meaningful way yeah and i think it's huge you know no, sure. uh, yeah i think we have to do that on a cellular level we have to figure out how to talk to each other i don't know how to talk to my friends who feel staunchly on the other side of these issues and they don't know how to talk to me uh we know how to argue grant's great at it but <laughs> but uh but we don't know how to talk to each other and, and you can't uh, whether you're saying that what you're saying paul was that you can't convince people even yeah, facts. that's right. No. Um, I, let me let me just interject briefly as as the black female mm. who's been doing this her entire life. Um, but I will tell you this: as white males, you guys are the most important voice in there because for everyone who is mm. trying to convince them to be staunchly on the wrong side of history, your voice is actually the strongest right. when it comes to saying, actually, no, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Because your guys, your voice is the one that's valid. That's and right. that's, that's the thing is, you know, white males really need to speak up. They have, to, like, that, they have to speak up because we've been silently beating our chests. And we are tired as hell. That's and we right. can't yeah. do it anymore. To, to make sure that, that people know uh, how you feel about these things is important. My concern is that when I say... Uh, you know what, I think that the, you're wrong. They will say, you're an idiot and you're wrong for these <laughs> reasons, so we don't necessarily get anywhere. I want to get further than that. I don't want to just say you're wrong. I want to say, mm -hmm. tell me more about how you feel and how you got to that, exactly. and then maybe I, we can take our time to, I don't know, maybe well, educate each other somehow. No, and then that's the thing is that you, but you have to get past, you have to be okay with people backlashing. The backlashing mm -hmm. may hurt if you're not used to it, I mean, we are. We're yeah. used, like, mm -hmm. the moment yeah. I open my mouth, there's backlash. Sure. Yeah. But, and so I'm, I'm waiting for that, mm -hmm. but I'm still going to keep talking. And yeah. the thing is, is, is to continue talking. It's like, okay, you, you can't, not taking the backlash personal. It's like, no, you're wrong. And I'm going to, I'd like to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. But slowly knocking those pieces down, like that's. Well, even if you leave out that you're wrong part, and you just, uh, what that, I guess I'm asking that in the mm -hmm. form of a question. If, if I speak to my colleagues who disagree with me, us, vehemently, um, do you see merit in the idea that we go a little more pragmatically? Or should we just simply state our staunch opinion and, uh, and let them disagree but, but stay on the, the right side of the wall, so to speak, rather than try to, with pragmatism, Extend the hands. I don't know. Well, somehow. you can't. I, I don't. I don't. I personally, and I'm speaking for myself. Yep. Um, I personally don't believe that you can be pragmatic when it comes to human rights. Mm -hmm. There is a right and there is a wrong, and if that means you need to have them relate to it by putting it in their context, it's like you make it relatable. It's like, what if this was your daughter? What if this was your sister? Mm -hmm. Your mother? 
going through this, if you saw someone who looked exactly like you, if you were in a homogenous situation, how it, like, this would upset you. Mm -hmm. If your children yeah. were being separated from, like, if, if your niece and nephew were being separated from their parents and being held in detention camps behind fences, you would be in a rage. But you're not because these people don't look like you. I mean, and at the end of the day, that's what's said, and that is wrong. Uh -huh. There's nothing pragmatic about it. Yes, well, what you wrong. just said was that's, pragmatic, though. I mean, the way that you put it was perfect. That's, you know? that's, that's one of the strengths, actually, I thought of the Montgomery um, Memorial, was when you leave, I don't know if any of you have been there, but you're asked, to, you're invited to go up and stand mm -hmm. on this square on the hill in that's like in the middle of the monument and be, either be, imagine yourself as, as one of the mob that are watching somebody being lynched mm -hmm. or if you're the, you know, the person being lynched. Mm. But the, the way you're, you're invited to do it, I can't really put it into words, but wow. it's done really, really no, well. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that's the empathy right. that you need to experience in order to relate to Absolutely. everyone, ev right. us to help each other relate as human beings right. and get beyond whether you look like me or I look like you. It's just you put yourself in mm -hmm. the... And it really... I mean, that was the most powerful part yeah. of, the, of the exhibition. Sadly, that's yeah. in Montgomery, though. Yeah. yeah. And if I may We're, add to yeah. this as well, um, oh, yeah. one suggestion for you, for me, would be if if you're having difficulty convincing your colleagues, then, I mean, we're the generation who's going to be starting another generation real soon. Mm. So convince your children. Teach your children the right way from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot in our school systems that that's what we see. We see the kids. They, they begin to actually identify themselves as being different um, in the third grade. So before, they, they just are feel that they're all the same. So yeah. start with your yeah. children. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I do have to warn gorgeous. you that I don't have faith in human society, so I might not have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! There you go. We've got to get out of here. So we're back where we started with heritage. So we've come full circle. Nice. nice. Well, that's a good job, everybody. Thank nice. you so much for being here. Our Sandalay has been here. Andrew Duhon's back from the... Are you back for a while? No, uh, oh. heading to Nashville, yeah. Okay. Well, back for today, at least. We're yep. grateful Great for that. Great to see you guys. And Lena Joseph has been here from High Level Hearing and yes. Paul Spencer from <laughs> the Maverick Festival. If you want to go to the Maverick Festival, of course, it's the 4th of July weekend, which is a it great is. time to get the hell out yeah, of here. Get, get out in New Orleans, escape get out the, the heat. heat. Yes. Come, come to the UK. Absolutely. Yeah, just mention Grant's name, you know, and we'll charge, get in for charge free? you extra. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so you much get, you for can being drink, here, You can everybody. drink as much as you like. But, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like Happy Hour. Happy Hour has been brought to us today by Strategic Resumes. If you want to sharpen up your resume, your LinkedIn profile, or your other job search skills, give them a call or look them up online strategic resumes travel central and Metairie. thank you very much if you want to get away start your search by checking with travel central basic swim and gym has a full range of fashion swimsuits and yoga clothes you can find them right next to the lingerie store basics underneath on magazine street hangover destroyer is the only all natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover if you go to hdestroyer.com and you write happy hour on the coupon code you'll get 30 percent off of it and thank you to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to be a part of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as a dollar a month, you too can be a part of the Happy Hour family. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. That's Happy Hour for another week. Graham DePonte is our producer. Our music producers are Christian Unruh and Monique Pyle. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. And Asher Griffith is the Facebook Live feed director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live. Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can... Stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's New Orleans. 
Com. We can also find out many other happy hours that we've recorded previously, as well as some other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and a award-winning show about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la, and you keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. And all of it we called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our New Orleans Facebook page, It's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos taken today by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours of Production Line of Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. On behalf of Andrew Duhon, everybody else around here at the table at Wayfair and back at our office at Line Broadcasting, thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hours.